Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. in NRL Supercoach are incoming. Bringing you the ultimate insight to help you win your leagues and climb up the rankings. You're now listening to the Insight NRL Show with your hosts, Brain, Matrix, and Whisperer. Yes, you are. Welcome back. It's time to talk the big boys up front. Uh, a relatively low upside position, just like Hooker, but a very reliable one, boys. Uh, I'm the SC Brain, and uh, Matrix and Whisperer are with me. Maddie, front row forward, did you get burned there last year, or uh, did you have a nice a nice run? Yeah, kind of got burnt a bit. I just sort of had plotters that didn't do too much. Um, I'm looking to rectify that. I'm wondering if I can, if I can get some guys that are almost season-long keepers because – I worked out and learnt from my mistakes from last year, and it'll completely burn me, that you can't make that much money in front row forward due to the low upside position. Uh, And, Josh, were you a Davey Mowali believer in in the off-season last year? Mm. Yeah, I was. I was. I was a Stefano um, non-believer, and I think he had a pretty good trial, and I think I got sucked in there as well. So, um, yeah, definitely fell into the Dave Mowali trap, fell into the Ben Murdoch Masilla trap as well. Um, but it's not going to be this year because we've got two, uh, two, a couple of bona fide cheapies that will definitely average 50 points, and I won't get burnt saying that. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to come back and uh, make sure we bookmark this episode for round 10. But, um, guys, the, the show's brought to you, as always, by The Standard Squeeze. Ryan from Hammond's Home Finance and Bonus Bank. Make sure to hit subscribe, hit like, follow, review, do all those things so you don't miss another episode. 
And uh, join our unlimited league. 777141 is the code. It's free to enter. Win a championship ring uh, if you take our top spot. And I'm sure that the championship winner from the unlimited league also takes out the 50K from Supercoach as well. No doubt. Uh, and you can go and get your own Supercoach champions ring at supercoachchampion.com. Boys, how are we structuring this one? Uh, Josh, like, how are you How are you sitting at front row forward at the moment? We talked about hooker and you were going pretty cheap. Are you taking the same approach there or are you kind of leveling up a bit? No, it seems like everyone's spending around that 1.1 million, but it's just a case of how you're dividing it up. Um, some people might be spending a little bit more, but it seems like it's a pain house and a cheapie or pain house and like a mid-ranger. At the moment, I've gone with two sort of like non, non-premiums, like non-premium upside picks, um, which still equates to the same money. I say something like a Payne Haas and uh, Liam Knight, which I'm not ruling out, um, but we'll just see, you know, how much upside someone like a Knight does possess in those, that sort of mid 300k range. Yeah, there's a, a few Bulldogs forwards uh, putting their hand up, which is dangerous territory again, as it always is picking Bulldogs players at the start of the season. Maddie, how are you looking at front row forward, mate? What's what's the plan there? Heavy, and I'm not talking about Payne Haas in LBs. Um, I'm legit thinking I'm going to spend up and the plan is to not have to trade these guys. So, um, yeah, so I just don't want to be wasting trades. I just see like a lot of second row forwards and, um, and center wings and even like your second halfback or your second five, eight being some positions that can generate a lot of cash, um, I don't think that there's much cash to be generated with front row forwards. So I'm going to go in hard and plan to make no trades. Mate, uh, hey, if that fucking plays out for you, full credit to you. Um, it, it's very rare that we can get away with no trades, but, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, we'll minimum, talk about who yeah. you're going with soon. Yeah, we'll talk about yeah. who, you, who you're planning on going with soon. Josh, do you want to take us through the most owned, mate? Because there's uh, some good picks, but also some guys you could probably fade in this top 10. Of course, of course. Uh, no surprises that Payne Haas is owned by 37.1% of teams. I'll say the same thing as what we said with the Hooker podcast with Harry Grant. That feels low considering the amount of teams we've seen. Um, I, I would expect that to be higher and maybe it will be as the player pool increases. Uh, Sam Hughes from the Bulldogs, 24.2%. Tom Flegler, 21.8%. Ruben Cotter at 21%. Now, uh, his ownership has skyrocketed in the last couple of days. It was sitting around 6% uh, only two weeks ago. Spencer Lenu, 21.0% uh, Lenu's ownership would be. And it seems like the hype's cooled down a little bit. We, we were sitting at about 30, but still 21 seems high. Um, Fletcher Baker at 9.5% is is very high. And we'll touch on him, uh, I guess, later in the episode. Uh, Terrell May, 9.4%. Adam Phil Blake, 8.5%. Xavier Willison, 8.2%. And Joe Tarpany at 8.1%. So a little bit in that top 10 uh, more ownership than, say, the hookers. There was um, three big guys, and then everyone else was sort of under 5%. But it seems like we've got a nice little mix there in the hook, in the front row four position. Yeah, five really popular guys, and then it falls off a cliff, doesn't it? Sub 10%. Um, Maddie, what are your thoughts about this top 10 most owned? Are there any surprises there for you? Uh, not really. I probably didn't expect uh, Flags and Cotter to be that highly owned. Like, I love watching Ruben Cotter play. Um, I think Flegler's serviceable. Um, and I probably had him in a few iterations of my teams. But the more I delved into the stats, the sort of the more I thought that maybe he would just go up 20 or 30K this year. Um, and maybe he's just a fade considering he's, you know, you'd think that he's in line to play Origin and everything like that. Um, yeah, Flegler's a hard one to go with. And Cotter could just, 
end up playing 58 minutes a game, 55 minutes a game. So, Yeah, there's a lot of question marks around the front row forward position. Just obviously it's a, it's not a high minute position either. So you don't like, you can't rely on these guys getting maximum minutes on the field either. It's like short burst kind of stuff, big output. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about where we think the value is very soon. Um, but guys, don't forget to join the Discord where we have filled one league. Uh, we've already, I think, nearly filled a 50 and a $100 league, and we've got a 25 reopen. We'll open some more leagues very soon as well. So cash comps are starting. Jump in the Discord. Have a chat with us. And um, if you want to support the podcast, you can become an Insight Unlimited member for 25 bucks for the whole year. So jump in there. Boys, uh, the obvious one to start things off, Payne Haas. Um, I'm sure he's probably been in all of our teams to start the season at one point or another. It just depends on the tactics and the direction you want to take. Uh, Josh, is he in your team at the moment? Not at the moment. I'm more – It's and you're really splitting hairs. With, with the amount of money I want to spend and what I project Payne Haas and, you know, say, say like a Liam Knight compared to the combo that I've got, it's you're literally splitting hairs by about five points. So I'm not totally against it. It's just more backing up. Uh, backing some upside in some other two guys, but he is the best front row forward in the game. Uh, it is worth noting, though, he had you know a really good season four years ago, and then two uh, the two and three years previous that there were sort of dips. Um, I think it was like a sixty eight average and a sixty six, and then really rose to resurgence last year. I know a lot of people are talking about Flegler being a loss, and and Haas will benefit from that, but I think Flegler actually did a lot for Carrigan and Haas in terms of being able to get them rolling forward and getting Haas those easy eight-meter-plus hit-ups. Um, look, I don't think he's you know, a terrible pick at all. Like It's Payne Haas. It's the same as Harry Grant. I just think moving easy into the season, I just want to see my middle forwards have a little bit of fitness if I'm spending you know peak price for them. Uh, but in saying that, he's not someone that you're going to fade and you're going to be able to buy on the cheap. Like He's so consistent year in, year, oh, year, in, year out that he will hover around that price there or thereabouts. And you mentioned consistency. We we talk about the coefficient of variance, and you mentioned it a fair bit last last week, Josh, or last last episode when we're talking hookers. Um, the lower the percentage, the better. Painhas seventeen percent COV. So, you know, his his score is literally not moving. You're going to get the same kind of score week in week out from from Painhas. Very reliable pick, best in the game. Um, uh, you've got him predicted here at a seventy one average. He he was seventy three point five last year. Look at. You know, it makes sense. He's going to hover around that mark. Yeah, I'm not just more just coming down to that. I, I think um, Flegler might have a bit more of an impact than people are thinking. It's going to be a benefit, but uh, I'd like to hear the resident Broncos fan, uh, his opinion on, on Flegler's absence and how it's going to affect Haas. Yeah, look, realistically, I don't think it's going to affect Haas too much. Like you've got your Haas and your Carrigan and they've been the, the premier guys for them. I think somebody else just slots in. Um Painhouse might be asked to do a little bit more work and like he really can't do any more work, but he might be asked to maybe um, take that one extra hit up or whatever. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing, whether, you know, he might spend a few more minutes on the bench because he's, um, because he's having a bit more of a run when he's gassed or whether he just stays out there and becomes an absolute machine. Um, I did see in the notes, he does have a big motor. He does have a big motor. Um, I think he's matchup proof. I think that he can just be plug and play. And are you really disappointed if you if you pay 750k for him and he averages 68 for the year? Not really. He's just reliable every week. I'm thinking to just pay him up. The worst thing about him is origin. I think the one thing that 
people are looking for in front row and hooker is value, you know, per dollar. And you just mentioned, would you be unhappy if he got a 68 average for the season? And no, you wouldn't be. You, it, you know, you can live and die by Payne Haas getting 65 to 75 every year. But th- there's also an opportunity for a couple of these guys that are 200K cheaper to average a very similar score to a 65 to 70 range. Um, so I think that's what we're trying to find, that diamond in the rough, that forward or that front row forward that can average in the you know mid to high 60s that can challenge Payne Haas within 10 points, but you can save 200K. That's worth 20 points, really, when you're picking your team at the start of the season. So it's one thing to consider. I guess his buy schedule for Payne Haas as well, 13, 16, and 24, plays in his favor as well, considering he obviously he's got origin 13 and 16 anyway. So he doesn't necessarily miss too many games that you wouldn't expect him to miss. So he, he should play the majority of those. Um, he only had one try and three line breaks last year, Josh, as well. Like he was way down on attacking stats in comparison to what we know he's capable of. Yeah, I think that's just a testament to his work rate because we were talking, or we will talk about someone like Adam Fanil Blake, um, who was, you know, less, had, had less of a, an average, or sorry, there are thereabouts in terms of averages and had a historic attack season. So Haas's work rate isn't going to go anywhere. And you know, then we can we can look at potentially getting some attacking upside um, with less mouths to feed. It's hard to predict front row forwards and their attacking output. Um, but if we can get, you know, even like another try or, or another two line breaks over the course of the season for Haas, that's, you know, another two or three points per game there for him. Yep. Yep, for sure. Um, no, the only con with Payne Haas's origin, but again, we just mentioned he doesn't really miss too many games because of it. He'll only miss round 19 and uh, and round 24. So big big upside there for Payne Haas. And, he could, and a very be, reliable he could be 800K at the end of the year and I wouldn't be surprised. No doubt. Like it's, not, yeah, it's not like, absolutely. you know, I know we're talking about, you know, would you be disappointed if he scored 68? I wouldn't be surprised if he averaged 80 for the year either. Like the guy's an absolute beast. Um, Best in the game. Yep, for sure. Uh, probably means we can move on to uh, the second highest priced front row forward in Adam Fanua Blake, which I'm sure we, at the start of last season, didn't expect to be saying that. 740k for AFB uh, with a 72.5 average last season. But we're predicting a bit of a drop off this uh, this season, Josh. You've got him pro- projected at a better 63, which yeah. I agree with, by the way. I'm not throwing you under the bus. I think I think that's around the mark. Yeah, um, that's unfortunately. I I'm pegging that just off. You you've got to revert back to 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 the mean, not not the exception. And and he had an historic try scoring season last year. Um, it was huge. He had so many points in in creativity last year that I'm just not confident it backs up. Um, also fact, it, it could go two ways. He could average 80 points because he's locked in for the last season of the Warriors. I'm just buying into the narrative that the Warriors are going to have regression. AFB's heads halfway out the door. Um, and yeah, that's unfortunately for, for me, I'm probably going to cop some heat for it. Um, but I'm not really appealed by him considering he does miss. Yeah. He's Kiwi, which is nice, but he's going to miss rounds 13 and 19. So not someone I'm looking at AFB. Yeah. The, the buy hurts or the draw hurts them through the origin period a little bit, doesn't it? Cause a lot of the guys from New Zealand aren't playing origin, origin football. So, um, eight and a half percent owned as well. So still st- considered a pod. So for anybody who backs him in to kind of replicate what he did last year in, in attack, then, you know, full credit to you. Um, we mentioned in the New Zealand preview that he links up really well with Torhu Harris. So if they can continue that from last season, maybe he's on. Um, you mentioned the creative points that he got last year, 51 in base he average, which is pretty high. I think it, it was third in front row forwards in terms of just base stats. So he had a cracker year last year, 23 points in create and evade and scoring 
though, which is massive for a front row forward. So you've yeah. got to expect him to get that again to average around that 70 mark. So there, there's a lot of risk there. Um, Matty, can he keep up that scoring or, or do you think he probably can't either? I think it's super easy at this part of the year to back against attacking upside in a front row forward. So I'm going to say then, yes, let's back against him to do it. If he comes in and averages this again, um, would I be surprised? No, he had a phenomenal year. Um, he's still at a healthy age. Um, I think he can have another good year. Um, it's probably a position where I would punt on it in draft. I'm going to be staying away from it in in classic because when you see those 23 points in create and evade, um, you could probably you could probably see him being a 540k player at some stage throughout the year. And that scares the shit out of me when I'm spending 750k on someone. I don't see that happening with Payne Haas. I could see it happening with Adam Vanillblad. And you've got to look at the history as well. You know, the last few years, he's been a 600k player for yeah. as long as we can remember. So you've got to treat last year as a bit of an outlier. And if you think the Warriors can go and replicate what they did last year, then jump on because he's going to be the focal point of that. But if you see them fading like like we do, he's uh, he's probably a jump off. Um, boys, we can jump into Joey Taps, Joey Tarpany. Uh, he is the third. And when I guess well, I probably should preface this. We didn't mention this at the start, but we are mention, uh, only talking about front row forwards as their first position, not their second. So for any dual position players that have the 2RF at the front, like Tino, he'll be mentioned in the 2RF podcast episode. Uh, Tarpany, Josh, what are your thoughts on, on taps? Cause you know, last yeah. year, I think, or the year before last year had a phenomenal season and we kind of considered it a bit of a drop off last year. Yeah. It's just, it's Ricky, isn't it? Unfortunately, uh, 656 K for Joey Tarps average 64.3, which as we mentioned was a bit of a drop off on his 2021 score. Uh, oh, sorry, 2022. I got him pegged this year at a 68. So a bit of a slight improvement buys in rounds 10, 14, 19. So it covers two of the three major buyers being a Kiwi. There's no worrying about origin backup um, ownership at 8.1%, which I probably do think is a touch high at the moment, just considering He's not pumping out 73, 74s, but he's also not priced at, a say, a 58. Um, so he's in that weird, awkward period where if you have him in your side and you've got the money for him, I absolutely don't hate it one bit. Uh, it's just not something I'm keen to spend 650K on. Um, the pros, obviously, 53 in base, super consistent with his variance rating at 22%. Um, for anyone out there that isn't a, a familiar with that stat, it's basically the percentage is how, how often they deviate from the means. So... 20% is, is fantastic. 20% is considered great. Um, a lot of your center wings, so like AJ, Alex, uh, AJ, Jason Saab, uh, Addo Carr, like these low base, high ceiling center wings, their variance ratings upwards of 60, 70% means they fluctuate a lot. Um, but the thing with Joey Tarps, boys, is Ricky Stewart. I'm just backing the bounce back on the fact that Elliot Whitehead's an, another year older. Um, Josh Papali is not getting any younger either. Morgan Smithies, yeah, he's a nice pickup, but if you've watched anything of his Super League highlights, he's just another Victor Radley. He could be spending a lot of time on the sidelines. So um, the resurgence of, of Corey Horsburgh going to origin, I just feel it's going to be bulk minutes over the middle portions of the season for Tarpin to pick up. I can't argue with that. Are you in the same wavelength there, Matty? Yeah, I, I like it. I just don't think it's a hit out of the park. I think if he averaged 75 to finish the year... I wouldn't be super surprised. Um, I just think it's going to be super consistent. I think it's going to be 
that sort of late 60s. Really got a good buy schedule too, uh, which probably should be noticed, noted. Um, helped with, you know, his Kiwi accent. Um, I started with taps last year. Um, I'm not this year. I'm just spending up the extra 100K because I could also see you getting 10 rounds in. And uh, you know what? Um, Payne Haas is still 750K and Joey Tarpening is still 650K. And we talked a lot last year, didn't we, about Tarpany starting slowly into the season. And that might just be minutes related. You know, Ricky Stewart usually likes his forwards to play less minutes at the start of the season and, and work their way into things. And obviously... Like Josh mentioned, we can't rely on Ricky Stewart for anything. We just don't know what the team's going to look like week to week. So, um, yeah, uh, and he, look, great draft pick around that, what, probably two, three, four rounds, um, depending on who's there, but definitely probably not classic initially. Uh, 8.1% owned is, is pod territory, but for a reason, I'd say. Um, boys, uh, before we jump into what we probably consider the mid-ranges, like sub 600k, we've got to give out a shout out to the standard squeeze helping you drink responsibly and conveniently, of course, by measuring the perfect pour every single time. You can go to their website, thestandardsqueeze.com and use the code INSIGHT15 to get yourself 15% off everything in store there, thanks to the standard squeeze. Junior Bolo. Uh, Parramatta Eels, 577k. We know we've talked about the Eels schedule a lot to start the season. It is a very nice draw. But do front row forwards really benefit much from that draw, Matty? Nah. I think front row forwards, uh, they might actually get better during a poor schedule um, because they're asked to to do a bit more work. Um, Yeah, look, I'm not scared of his draw, um, but I'm just not seeing a lot of upside with uh, Junior Barlow, really. The one, I guess he only misses, well, he's not going to play Origin this year, and he only misses 16 in that major buy period as well. So a nice little run in the middle of the season, Josh. Um, Any love for Junior Bolo or probably just a fade at this point? Probably just a fade, but it is worth noting, and people may laugh when they hear this, but if a team is playing a really good attacking side, and and like let's just say they score an an, an extra two tries a game, like there's... It sounds silly, but there's four or five minutes just waste off the clock. And for a front row forward whose PPM is 1.4-ish, you know, there's seven, eight points. I know it's a very minuscule thing, but it's a compounding factor that if a team is putting the opponent under the goal line, under the goalpost more often, then there is points that, that do leak there because the clock doesn't stop um, during those those middle portions of the game. But Paulo, he's been a very consistent guy. Apart from 2022, he was down at 50, but pretty much since 2019, you know, mid to high 50s, did push 64 in 2020. I think from memory, he had a really good attacking season that year and that was probably peak season for Balor. But um, another great draft guy that you could probably pick up in like round mm-hmm. five and he would be a very, very fine front row forward one in your team. Like if you exited the draft and and you got Barlow in like late round five, early round six and he was your marquee forward, that's really serviceable. Uh, but for classic, he presents no value. He's priced at value. Uh, I don't see him going better than what he did last year. He's only done that once in the last five years. Um, but I don't see him dropping off a cliff dramatically either. So just a guy that um, if you had a challenge to yourself not to make trades all year, he could be a guy to, to look at because he's ultra consistent, but just nothing for value for me, not a keeper. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, if you're looking for someone that's not going to be out injured too often, this guy just is like Iron Man. He's played 20 to 22 games a season for the last five years straight. He just keeps turning up. He, um, you know, he does his job. The, the con for him is he only has 40 in base. 
um, which is relatively low for a front row forward. So, you know, he is relying on attacking stats if you're going to see those 80-plus scores from from Bolo. But, uh, and he's also slowly regressing. You know, we're starting to see a couple of points a season drop off his season average. So, we, you know, he's just tapped 30 as well. And as a 32-year-old, I shouldn't throw too much shade, but... Um, mm-hmm. we know that elite athletes, when they hit their thirties, they, they do start to regress, especially the big boys as well. They're asked to do so much work. So, uh, nice draft pick mid rounds, probably not for classic Blake, Lowry, uh, Blake Lowry, probably the same, <laughs> nice draft yeah. pick, not for classic. Or, do we agree, Josh? Every, just copy and paste what I said. If you get Blake Laurie, end of the fifth, early sixth, he's your front row forward one draft. Awesome. Um, yeah. unfortunately he's priced at value. There's probably a better front row forward option at the Dragons, who is 2RF eligible that we'll probably talk about next episode in Jack DeBellin. But yeah, Laurie, cool. Great draft guy. I know that the weekly rubdown boys love him because of he is just what he is and he's a bit underrated and obviously slept on. Uh, but for me, yeah, not a classic option. And you'll notice that with a lot of these front row forwards, we will get to the guys that you know will have an honorable mention section and that will probably be a longer process than what this is because mm. like hooker you've got maybe three guys and not much else it's not like center wing where you can make a case for probably seven eight nine guys in that top 10 to, to jump on or even to rf for that matter i've stolen one of your honorable mentions guys and i've given him a feature josh and and you're going to agree with me when we get to that point because he's worth talking about um sorry so we can pro- my headphones out so i can't hear a thing it's <laughs> so all right we'll pull we'll push on i was just saying i stole i stole one of your honorable mentions for a, a proper feature because they Ooh. deserve it. You know, they've done the hard yards. So we'll have a chat about them very soon. Um, but yeah, you're right. Uh, Blake Laurie priced at his peak. Um, had a career year last year with a 55-point average, 48 in base, so no attack. Very reliable, but his minutes have increased every single year. So he's we're buying him at peak minutes and peak super coach output. So if you think he can continue that climb, great. But if not, yeah, it's it's not a look, I don't think. We we didn't touch on the news for the week, but they've just signed Raymond Fitala Mariner. You know, there is talk yeah. about him playing through the middle. Uh, look, for a super coach standpoint, we'd love him to play on the edge at 350k, but if he does play through the middle, you know, that's just less mouths for for, for Laurie to uh, to feed off. Um, they also picked that Matrix as the best mate in Hamsele. So there's more middles there that Laurie isn't just gonna feast off and, and just be the you know the pick of the bunch there, unfortunately, for for his classic stocks. Matty, anything to add on Laurie at all, or did we move on? No. <laughs> good. I was, I was hoping for a one-word answer there. Good. I know you're good for that. Um, Mo Fodawaker. Again, Fuck another man. kind of career year guy, wasn't he? Fuck, how good was he last this year? Guy, he's a fucking beast. I actually love Mo Fodawaker now. Um, like, easy draw, just looks great out there, um, has base, has a bit of attacking upside. Bit expensive, but... I love Mo Fodawaka. I love watching him play. Played 60 minutes a game last year, I'm pretty sure. Like, he played yeah. a lot of minutes, Mo. Like, big minutes. And he seems to be really, really favoured for the Queensland. So the guys, you know, from Queensland Rugby League really love him. And he, he gets a spot there. When you consider how stacked Queensland's sort of forward pack is, Mo's standing out. Um, but, yeah, unfortunately, just another one of these guys that, you know, I think he'll be a stud draft asset. Like, he will be a guy that's just so, so consistent. Mm. Um, but, yeah, just priced... At 55, I've got him pegged at 55. Um, buys in rounds 13 and 17, but we'll probably miss 16 and 19 with Origin. So we'll miss pretty much all the, ma- the, the, the major buys, unfortunately, for him. But does have a few pros, Bruno. Yeah, he does. I mean, we, we talked about the base being pretty good. 52 in base last season. Career high, you mentioned, Josh, of 60 minutes per game, which is awesome. And 52% of his games over 60 points last year. 
that's that's pretty solid, you know. For, for uh, and obviously that comes with the base, right? You get one attacking stat, he's got your sixty. So um, definitely a nice a nice little pick. The problem is it's com- he's coming off again a career year. The Blake Laurie effect that we just talked about. Is he bound for a drop? Can he continue to be that guy? He's he's competing he's, with Tino he's as a well. Bit younger than Blake Laurie. He's a bit longer, younger than Blake Laurie. Like, uh, I think, like, he can continue his trajectory. Yep. Blake's not, so. Yeah, cool. Okay. From uh, That was very Queenslander of you, um, by Thanks. the way, to defend Thanks, your man. man. Yeah, good. Means a lot, especially coming <laughs> from you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, does he compete with, like, he's competing with Tino. He's on the same team as Tino. Does that affect him at all, Matty, you think, or? I mean, Tino was there last year as well, so no. Um, you know, my, my, one of my, well, sorry, two of my NBA fantasy teams are called Mo Money, Mo Bumba. I, I could do Mo Money, Mo Fodawaker this year if I really wanted Ooh. to. Ooh. There you go. I bet you haven't seen that one floating around too often. There's no Mo money, pain in my Mo heart. Tofu. <laughs> that's, that's awful. Um, <laughs> um, it's better than pain in my heart that I've seen fucking everywhere. I reckon oh, there's about yeah, 300 teams. Four and 20, four and 20 pies, ping, uh, pongers, pingers. Oh, man, just peak comedy. <laughs> Absolute peak fucking comedy there. Jesus, bro. <laughs> oh, it's awful. It's awful. But yeah, Fodawaker, nice little pick. Could be uh, maybe a slider in draft that you could pick up quite late too, which, which I actually really like. Um, boys, before we move on to that, there's plenty of players of interest that we're going to talk about, but before we do, here's a player of interest, Hammond's Home Finance. He sponsors the show and, and with interest rates booming across the country, we know we can rely on Ryan. I'm sure you probably wondered whether your rates are too high, whether you can even afford that dream home that you're looking for. You don't have to worry with Ryan. You can contact him and he'll offer you confidential lending assistance. Absolutely no obligations attached. Hit him up on Instagram, Hammond's Home Finance is his tag there, or you can send him an email, ryanh at eganwealth.com. Just mention us and you'll get a free consult. And that was the perfect timing. And I dragged it out a bit just so that Matty was back from getting his beer, which he which he does. Is, is that a Ryan Hammond uh, beer that you get every single podcast? Is that your cue to go and top up? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You've muted yourself. So. Oh, he's put himself on mute. What an absolute clown. <laughs> he's, it's in my contract. Hamo actually sent him, sent him through to me. Um, he actually asked me if uh, if I wanted to be in his uh, in his family supercoach league today. So uh, he said his missus is organising it. So um, yeah, flick flicked her at twenty, and I'm happy to take their money. So yeah, I'm in that league too. It's going to be good fun. Can't yeah. wait to take your money. Did it have, last year? Have to take your money too. 
Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. I've lost a few bolter bets over the years. That's for sure. <laughs> um, uh, look, I'm going to skip two players and you know, I'm, I'm, I apologize to the Dolphins and the Manly fans out there, but Jared Wallace, Taniella Paseka. Is there a reason, boys, that we should be mentioning either of these guys before we move on? No, this is the Chris Randall effect from last episode, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we have to. We have to. There's a couple of just really awkwardly priced guys that are going to give you not much in return. I'm glad that we are skipping over them because we get to talk about um, probably my biggest man crush. I'm, I'm, on the, I'm on the Max King for Origin agenda. Uh, I, I just, after watching him play with one eye, coming back out, the balls were down by 20. I was like, New South Wales need this guy. I'm, not, I'm a Queenslander, so I'm happy if you don't pick him, but like, he's made for it. Max King. 547k at an average last year of 53.7. I've been projected at a 62. Uh, big uptick. Big, big uptick. Buys in rounds 8, 15, 19. So covers two of the major three, which is nice, at 2.8% owned, which is I'm I'm glad to see that. I am one of the 2.8%. Uh, we've we've discussed that. Um uh, that there's one of my front row forwards locked in right now. The the big positive for him, boys, is the Bulldogs have no one. Absolutely no one. And you can look at the 53 average last year and say, oh, like, oh, what's the big uptick? Fractured patella, fractured sternum, ruptured eye, and an unreported AC injury. And he missed like one game. So he just played through it because the Bulldogs had no one else. Now, before he had all those injuries, boys, Max King was averaging 63. And that was through the first like eight rounds. So mm-hmm. decent enough sample size. And um, yeah, look, he's not sexy in terms of uh, watching him play. It's going to be a very boring. It's the Cam McInnes effect. There's not much, uh, you know, sauce to his game. It's just strictly salt and pepper. No, no condiments. But it's you just get through it. After 80 minutes, you look down. He's got 60 points. You're like, sweet. I paid 52 points for this guy, which is what you want to see. I I got him in my team too. He's he's in mine too. I think I had to make a decision. Funnily enough, after the Hooker podcast, it got me thinking. I'm like, fuck. Do I really need Harry Grant? And uh, you know, I, I thought, you know what? No, I don't. And uh, I've loaded up on two of these mid-range guys that we'll talk about very soon. But Max King, yeah, he's in my team as well. I think I agree with you. I think uh, in 50-plus minutes last year, he averaged 58.5. So we're starting to creep into that 60 territory very quickly. Um, there were games where he reached 60 minutes as well. So he does have a motor. He's got a bit of a pain house motor on him when he's asked to do the job. Um, and obviously, you just mentioned, Josh, he's, he played through injury for probably at least a third, if not a half of the season last year. And, and not just not just small injuries. Like I said, a fractured patella, a fractured sternum. He had that ruptured eye, which looked horrible, which he, he ended up just playing the next week anyway. And um, <laughs> thankfully, Max King was very... He, he liked one of my memes I posted last year. And since then, I've had Max King in the DMs. And uh, yeah, there was an unreported AC injury that never sort of made it public as well. So four key injuries, and he missed absolutely no time. So champion. The bloke is a Terminator. Are you on board with the Terminator Matrix? It's hard to be on a podcast with Josh and not have Max King in your team. Um, look, I, I don't give him his flowers very often, but he's done a lot of Max King research. Like, he can tell me his grandmother's name. He can tell me his middle name. I can tell me his favorite coffee places. Um, at 2.8% owned, when the stats back up that he could – make you 10 points of value in a front row forward position where we just said is really hard to make some money out of um at 547k it's a it's an absolute must-have for me with the must-have oh, oh, that's, thrown that's a, on. That's a big tag big big expectations to put on the great man's shoulders but um no like i just i think like you said like he 
if you can pay 550k for a guy to get 63 points and we project Tarpy to get what 65 to 68 points and he's costing you 100k more like is 100k worth three to five points and that's the debate we had with the grant versus like Braley where you save 400k and you lose 20 points like just weigh out those options um I'm not saying jump on Max King like it's not a slam dunk buy because you do have to back him in to, to stay injury free and if he's the leading force of a Bulldogs attack with no one behind him, then it's a big ask. But yeah, I, I'd rather pay the extra money and get him than say someone like a Flegler who we'll touch on uh, or, even, or even like a Terrell May who does have minute risks. Yeah, so many risks with all those guys. But yeah, no risk with Max King. You mentioned he's a, he's the guy, isn't he? Um, who's going to take his his starting prop position? Liam Knight going to knock him out? I don't think so. Um you know, no Raven, no Raymond Fatala Mariner, like you mentioned at the start of the show, Josh, he's gone to the Dragons. So, yeah, they, they've just got such a lack of middle depth that um, he's going to be the guy they lean on. Uh, boys, can we also skip Lindsay Collins? Is there any any votes for Lindsay Collins on uh, why we should be considering him? No. The, the, if you're going for vote, versus, my, uh, you go. Yeah, my, my only vote is he was really good in draft for me last year, but that's... The long and short of it, he's not a classic player. He's really good under the high ball too in Origin, just just quietly. <laughs> I'm fucking scarred from that. <laughs> no, but if you're going to pick a Roosters middle, uh, Lindsay Collins isn't the one to take a punt on. JWH, you know, if Angus doesn't start, he can play through the middle. If Nat Butcher doesn't start, or even if he does start, I don't expect any of these Roosters edges that isn't named Angus Crichton to play 80 if Crichton does get the start. I think all of them will have some kind of rotation because they can all play through the middle, and I just don't see the minutes for... Collins to be to be worth it, and then you know if he does if he does play to his average, if you pick Collins, and he doesn't he doesn't suck, but he's not good, and you hold him, you have to trade him out eventually. So you may as well try and go for some kind of upside. Yeah, and let's face it, you go with the cheap guy, or you know you go a little bit budget here. You're gonna need to make trades at front row forward. You get you're gonna want your best team on the park. You're gonna want you know Tarpany and Haas in your team. If you can afford it eventually, you might want those guys. You might want Tino. So yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, your notable mention, Josh, that I've upgraded into the starting 13 is Ruben Cotter. Now, 22.7% owned at the moment. So very relatively popular. I won't say very popular, but he's not a pod, uh, 542k. So very similar price to Max King, very similar average last year to Max King 0.5 of a point. Um, I actually see him going closer to 60 this year than that 53. And the reason for that is purely because at round 12 last year before origin, he averaged 60 on the dot. So the guy can obviously maintain those numbers. We saw two years ago when he had his breakout season, he was playing 80 minutes in the middle of the field and scoring 90 points. Um, so we know he's got the motor. It's just about the question mark becomes for me, does Todd Payton let him be Ruben Cotter or does he turn him into a Jason Taumalolo? What do you, what do you think, Matty? I... I would be pleasantly surprised if in three or four rounds I'm adding Ruben Cotter into my team. But as a truther, as somebody that's had him in the past, um, as somebody that's got burnt by Peyton's minutes, uh, the inconsistent minutes, um, and of course him going away to origin all the time and him just staying that sort of mid-price, I'm okay with not having him. But I would... I would be happy to burn a trade to get Ruben Cotter at some stage during the year. 
and with the amount of money I have in front row forward, it would be an easy sideways from a Max King. It would be an easy downgrade from a Payne Haas if there was an injury, if Ruben Cotter is suddenly averaging 65 or something like that. Uh, but it's too risky with Todd Payton and the inconsistent minutes. Agree, Josh? I think you're buying him at the low. Like, and that's that's what I'm looking at. So, full transparency, my front row forward pairing at the moment is Cotter and King. Ruben Cotter, over 55 minutes last year, boys, averaged 62.2. Priced at a 53. Lolo's 30. Peyton's just taken the captaincy off him. Has alluded to comments that he may not be around much longer. Jesse McLean's 32, 33. Jack Granville's 35. Luciano Lua is not exactly uh, fit and firing middle forward that's going to play 50 minutes a game. Like... I think there's minutes. I think there's good minutes here for for Cotter and uh, the captaincy. I think helps. I've got him pegged at yeah around a 62, which is nearly 10 points, very similar to Max King. But yeah, I'm just looking at that over 55 minutes, and I think he could definitely punch that out. We saw him play 80 in Origin and one of the toughest arenas on on an edge. And yes, an edge is a little bit different to to the middle, but um, I'm seeing a lot of value in in Cotter and yeah, happy to spend up a little bit more. Gets it. Get, you get a nice jewel too. Um, he's not a guy that I'm keen to sort of hold during Origin, considering their buys are in 16, 19, 25, and he'll play Origin, so he'll be out for 13 as well. Um, so, but yeah, a, a three month lease on Ruben Cotter until round 12. Like, I'm really keen on that for 542k. I don't think you're going to be selling him for a loss, even if it does go belly up. And if it does go belly up, you're still getting 53 points a game, which, yeah, you're not getting any value, but you're not losing anything either. And surely there is one of these sub 400 around that 400 mark guys that takes off really well. And if it does go belly up, you bail to one of them and have some cash in your pocket. So I, I do like going those two kind of 500 K guys, the Cotter max King combo. Cause if one of them doesn't work out, you go up or down. You never want to pray for, for an injury, but like if Payne Haas gets to HIA after 10 minutes, like he's going to, he's going to drop cash over three weeks. And obviously you, you're never wishing for that, but, you know, if one of these guys just has a knock and they play limited minutes or, and and you get the value on King or Cotter that you think there's there, it's, it's a pretty cheap upgrade, um, especially even someone like Tarpany. Like, if Tarpany does start slow, mate, round 12, Cotter to Tarpany could be on. Yeah, can't no, I can't disagree. Again, they're both they're, – they're my front row forwards as well. The bench will look a little bit different, I'm sure. But, um, Matty, can we convince you to pick Ruben Cotter to start the season? Who have you got at the moment? Payne House and Max King. Yeah, okay. that's fine. That's yeah, yeah I wouldn't. That's be, fine. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't rip up yeah. the side to be like, no, well, I want to save two hundred k. Like, if you've found the funds to go gun and semi gun, amazing. But if you've got like, I actually put this on Twitter the other day, boys. I I, I did a poll. I love plugging my own Twitter, but did another poll of like, would you rather Haas and Knight, which is like one point oh eight million, or Haas or, or Cotter and King, which is one point oh nine million, so ten k difference. The public still agreed on on Haas and on Haas and Knight, but I've got it. Like I said, you're splitting hairs. I think it's like 115 to 120 points versus 120 to 125. But I just like the flexibility that they have. If for whatever reason Knight goes down, fuck, you've got to move to. You've got to find the funds elsewhere. But there's front and forward. We've got probably four or five guys that we can chuck in that are cheaper than Cotter or King that we'll touch about, um, you know, soon. Yeah, and, and what? So what's the dual position worth to you, Josh? Because you know, him being at those four players you mentioned, he's the only one with the dual two RF. So yes. is that worth a certain amount of points to you? 
in previous years, yeah. I think just this year because there's 400,000, 400K 2RFs that the, the duel is not as vi- as vital. Um, if he was an international, I think the, the duel goes up through the roof during Origin. That's why Tohu is always looked at very fondly during the Origin period. Not only that he's a um, he's a Kiwi, but he has that ability to, to swap around. Uh, I think last year I ran Lolo, Tarpany, Haas, and, and someone else. And they were all four of those guys with, with jewels. And during the buys over Origin, you're just flicking them around without having to use trades. So it is handy. I'm not planning on holding Cotter through the Origin period. Um, but I think it's just valued a little bit less this year just because of how deep the secondary jewel position is this year. Yeah, good point. It'd be handy if it was... Imagine if Ruben Cotter ever had, like, hooker status. Like... <laughs> I would don't take me up. back to 2022. What a time! <laughs> I would eat that up. Yeah, that'd be nice. Those are those are the days, um, guys. Before we move on to the last of the notable mentions, and and there's some good options here. We're, we're going to give a plug to Bonus Bank, uh, Australia's number one matched betting site. So you can go to bonusbank.com.au, use the code Insight to get 25% off the first month of their premium <laughs> subscription. You can start making some tax-free and some risk-free money today using all of their tutorials on uh, all their match betting. So go and check them out. Notable mentions, boys. Flegler, Matty, you're uh, a Broncos fan and a Queens avid Queenslander. Um, 478K. So what are your thoughts on Flegler? Because I've seen him in a fair few teams. He's actually pretty well-owned, was he, Josh, at the start of the show? Where was it? 21.8%. What are you thinking, man? Yes. I think he's mid. Um, I think <laughs> that, like, if he's 510K at the end of the year, I wouldn't be surprised. Fantastic football player. I just don't see any upside in Tom Flegler. Like, remember when everyone got on Christian Welch last year? It was 40K cheaper, 50K cheaper, and then you got, like, 15 rounds down the season and you made 20K. That's what Tom Flegler is this year. Yeah, I feel like that was a direct attack at my team. Thanks. Um, Sorry. What are, you, what are your thoughts, Josh, on Flegler? This, it screams Fletcher Baker and Spencer Lenny. And I was all on the Fletcher Baker train myself. Like a guy that moves to a club with a position opening. Like you think it's going to be amazing. But Flegler in the last four years... 44, 42, 44, 44. There is minutes per game. Like it's he is just a 45-minute scorer. Do you think he's going to come up and play 50 minutes at Wayne Bennett sides? I don't think he is. Like they have a very deep forward pack. Like they've got a pretty deep forward, but not pack, but they've, they've got a deep middle sort of rotation as, as it is. So I'm not seeing this like 55-minute role for Flegler. He doesn't have an amazing PPM. It's like it's a very, very tick over one. So for him to have like 10 points of value, which is what we think Cotter and King have, like he would have to play 55 minutes. And I'm just not seeing that. Like, yeah, you're competing, with, you're competing with the Bromwiches. You're competing with Mark Nichols. You're competing with Jared Wallace. You're competing with uh, Gilbert as well. Like, I think Bennett just uses him the exact same way he was used to the Broncos, and he was really good. Mm. And that'll be yeah. fine. Great, but from a great footy footballer. Standpoint, great signing. Great footy. Great yeah. footy signing. Super coach. Yeah, he might have he might have an uptick. So he, he averaged forty seven last year. If he averaged fifty one. Sweet. That's it's just not enough to move the needle for me. And we talked about Ruben Cotter and Max King, and we think they're gonna have five to ten point improvement, don't we? And and then we look at Flegler and we're like, oh, maybe we get a point or two. You know, it's just not enough. Yeah, maybe we get maybe we get three points at best. Whereas Cotter and King yeah. were like, 
oh, cool, he could average 62, but worst case, it's probably like 58. So he's, he's yeah. still getting six points there at the worst. Yeah, we're saying the best for Flegler's like maybe three or four. And also, we need to think that the last two games of the season, remember, like all, all the prices of players are based on their season average from last year. Obviously, if they had a, a relatively full season. He scored a 79 and a 78 to finish the season. Those were his two highest scores last year. So that's bumped his average, end of season average up by four total points, which means that he's 40K more expensive if he continued, uh, or, or sorry, would be 40K cheaper. He'd be around the 440 mark if he continued on the track that he had last year and averaging whatever it was, 43 or 44. Um, he only had we one 60-plus score we last year. blokes and all sorts of stuff. Like, that was ducks yep. and drakes. I think he even got a goal kick. He went out as captain <laughs> in his last game. Like He... Yeah. Um, yeah. Also worth noting, this is for the season average. Had an average of two points per game in the scoring category. Uh, the last game of the season scored a try, which took it to 17. And then in the evade category, averaged nine points on the season. In the, in the last month of footy, he went 20 for 26-22. So he's had a big late season push in terms of attack and, and evade. So, yeah, if anything, you could argue he's actually overpriced. Hundred percent. I, I think those last two point, last two scores have really thrown things out cash wise for him. So um, yeah, too expensive. Tavita Tatola is though an interesting one. I don't mind him to be honest. Four hundred and thirty five k. We mentioned in the Rabbitohs pod, eight games with fifty plus minutes, he averaged fifty one. So you're going to get a point per minute from Tavita Tatola. He's starting prop. I don't see anybody really challenging him at South for that position. Maybe depending on the the moves that Shaq Mitchell makes in the off season, maybe he might be a guy that might be around, but. I think Tatola is the the guy at the moment at the Rabbitohs. So I, I don't hate him as a second or as a two R or front row forward two this year, Josh. What are your thoughts on Tatola? Yeah. I mean, you've got Sean Kepi, Saluka Fafida, um, maybe maybe a little bit of Saliva Havili and Dave Mawali. And obviously you've yep. got Tom Burgess there as well as like the recognized middle middles. Arrow looks like he's going to play some kind of hybrid edge middle role. Jacob Hoster's sure Shaq Mitchell I don't think is up to, to first grade standard well what we've seen like yeah he's he's cool but like he's no say like a Sean Kepi who was we've said a very very solid footy player so I think there's gonna be minutes there for for Totola. he's got more of an engine than someone like a Burgess I think he'll be the the marquee guy he's not gonna have that like massive PPM he's not gonna be asked to do a Spencer Lenny role where he comes on for 30 minutes and just goes at 1.5. Um, but yeah, over 50 minutes last year, he averaged over 50 points and he's priced at something like a 42. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's another six, seven, eight points, very similar to, to Cotter and King. And you're getting that for a little bit less. You're just sacrificing maybe 10 points. So um, much prefer to Tola over Flegler and the ownership just does not reflect that at all. I've got I've got to give you props here, Josh, because you, you've podcasted for a long time, longer than us, and the Jacob Host slander, the slander that you nearly pulled there and pulled out of real last minute was fucking very impressive. So uh, well done, very well done. I would have lit him on fire. <laughs> oh, I mean, like he is he is cool. He is Jed Cartwright levels of like wait, <laughs> yeah. he'll he'll fill a hole. But like, yeah, I, I think ownership is actually very telling with Flegler and, and Totola. I think Totola presents more value. I think Totola probably averages more for the season. And no one talks about him because Tavita Totola is not someone that you sit around the dinner table with and go, oh, shit, have you seen Tavita Totola's mixtape? Like, it's just not something that happens. Whereas Flegler has, you know, that origin pedigree. He's made the, the off-season move and there's a lot of chat about him. Um, yeah, I think Totola is actually going to average more than, than Flegler. And that's maybe hot, but we'll see. 
No, nice. More relevant for fantasy rather than super coach to Tyler. I'd seen him in a lot more fantasy teams. Yeah, he's in my fantasy squad at the moment. Um, similar points to what's made when on a fantasy show when I'm no expert in the field. But yeah, he's in my fantasy team at the moment. Nice. Um, you mentioned Terrell May. So, mate, this this bloke is a PPM fucking beast. You know, he's oh. such a good player. Um, 430K, 1.3 PPM on the season last year. And he averaged 62 points per game in the final four games of last year at a 1.5 PPM. So the question becomes, does he get enough minutes to be relevant, Matty? Is, how do you see this playing out with all the middles and the fucking forwards everywhere at the Roosters? I would maybe love to add the best mid-Roosters player in round four. It's just really hard looking back. Like, I would love to see Crichton get the minutes. I'd love to see Terrell May get 40 minutes. I would love to see all, like, Sua Wong get minutes. But, like, they obviously have so much talent. I'd love to see Brandon Smith come across, play hooker for a little bit, um, slide across and play lock. Like, one of these guys I'm going to own in my team throughout the year, but I'm going to sit back. I'm going to have people around the same price and I'm going to make a trade in round three or four. And the, the sad part is when we look at this forward rotation for the for the Roosters, Josh, like could Terrell maybe the guy that misses out? Like there's a lot of talent. We're, we're dropping a starting caliber player, I reckon, misses out in this team to start. Yeah. Okay. So let's work this out. So Watson gets picked. Like he, he just, he just gets 14. picked. Yeah. So you've got JWH. You've got May, you've got uh, Collins. They're your three recognized middles. Yep. And you've got Crichton, Wong, Tupanua, Butcher, Butcher, uh, Spencer Lenu, who's just come over. So there's yep. nine names I've given you to fit into, what, two props, two back rowers, and that's not Victor Radley, and that's not Brandon Smith. So there's 11 names. 11 names to fit in nine spots. So I think Egan Butcher is going to be one of them that misses out. And then, yeah, pick pick a name out of that 11 to, to drop. So it's tough. Um, Terrell May, we talk about 10 points of value being like the gold standard or the benchmark. Let's say he averages 1.3 PPM. I think going bigger than that is just not viable. It's not going to happen. Um, You know, we look at his back end of the season, 1.67. That was with an evading stat. 1.07, 1.25, 1.49 with some evade. 1.3, 2.12. That was with a try and a line break and some other stuff thrown in there. And then 1.27. So I think if we estimate that to be about 1.3, he has to play 40 minutes a game to get to 52. That's 10 points. And you're asking a lot to get 50 points. I just think, I think you're asking, I don't like asking too many questions to get my points. Like if you have to, if I, if you have to use more than three ifs in a sentence, like, A bit much. Come on. Yeah, it's a stretch, isn't it? If this happens, um, if that happens, or what if Robbo wakes up on the left side of the bed this morning? Like you're just asking for two, for the stars to align for him to get 50 points, and I, and I can see it. Like people are gonna look at last year where he just went bang, 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 and be like, "Oh, fucking unreal!" And you know what? He'll probably go huge in round one because there's no JWH in Las Vegas. But it's just like there's gonna be four middles on the bench. Like Watson can play through the middle. Um, both pretty much all six edge options apart from maybe Wong can play through the middle. Like it's just, you're asking for a lot to happen. Collins ain't losing minutes. Robbo's there's no way Robbo's taking minutes off Collins and he loves what JWH can bring as like an impact. So it's just like, you're asking for a lot to, to, to align. You, and your and, hooker, your starting hooker can shift to the middle. 
as well. Your starting hooker's not playing 80. Like, Cheese isn't playing 80. Your play's probably 60. And Watson's one of the best 14s in the comp when he's fit. So it's just like there's so much here to happen. And that's why... I know that we got super high on uh, all the edges last week for the for the Roosters, but I looked into it more and more, and I'm like, I'm probably only going to start with Angus, and if that's that's if he starts because I don't see Wong playing 80. Uh, I'm not keen on Nat or Egan. It's just like the more you dissect and think about it, and like you said, Brano, like there's 11 names there that have to fit into nine spots, and they're all good, great footy players. Mm, yeah, uh, that's an understatement. Fuck, the names you rattled off there. I mean, we're talking Angus Crichton, right? Like, and and people on X uh, off him. Uh, we've seen a lot of uh, yeah. Angus Crichton slander, saying, "Oh, that you know the bloke's done for," and all this kind of. There's no way he's done for. Not a fucking well, chance. He, well, he's well, good enough to start. He is an Australian kangaroo fucking edge back rower. Exactly. Eight hundred pay a year ago. Yeah, and and he's he's one of the first picked two years ago. Like people were opening yeah. up their team picker in January and being like, "Oh fuck, Angus Crichton's six hundred eighty k." Don't care. Straight in. And now yep. all of a sudden, yeah, they're off him. But JWH, Kiwi International. Brandon Smith, Kiwi International. Lindsay Collins, Australian International. Angus Crichton was less than 24 months ago the best edge, edge player in the comp. Um, Sewell Wong, one of the most touted footy players getting around. Victor Radley plays for England. Connor Watson, as we've just said, one of the best 14s in the comp. Terrell May, who there's huge raps on. Nat Butcher, who... People have said Nat Butcher should play Origin just because of what he can provide to a squad in terms of toughness and versatility. Egan Butcher, yes, you can take it or leave him. Um, Nat Butcher's like, brother, yeah. <laughs> there's that's just that's that's a name, and that's what we spoke about in the Roosters preview about. Yeah, they, they curse with injuries, but fuck, even two or three injuries, and they're still fine. Like it's, and it's, gone, for- it's gone in the days of of paying Dylan Napa a ten day two way contract and getting him in for fucking half a season and. You know, what's Jack Hetherington doing? Do you reckon we could sign him for six weeks? Like, it's they've got a deep forward pack. Yeah, and Dylan Napa, didn't he make his return, like, the back end of last year for one game or something? That was great. Um, Satili Tupanua, people forget, what, two years ago as well, was was competing with Angus Crichton, wasn't he? Like, he was as good as Gus Crichton on the right edge. Um, You know, he was a great super coach pickup two years ago, and now he's just fallen off the radar purely because he's coming back from a fucking ACL. Like... No one comes back well from an ACL. Well, the the roosters the roosters didn't want to give up Tupanua for Dom Young to go early. I rem- remember mm-hmm. remember how the, the the knights were like, "Cool, give us Egan and give us Tupanua, and you can have Dom Young early." And then, and the roosters were like, "No, we're good, thanks." So they obviously saw Ray. Yep. The, oh, yeah, there's so many. Op- this has turned into Sydney Roosters fucking preview again. Anyway, um, <laughs> we've had fun. Lot lot of mouths to feed. Lot of fucking mouths to feed, and none of them are eighty bit and- players. And yeah. could be overpriced with their averaging 62 in the final four games. Like, Terrell May is probably in the same ilk as Tom Flegler that even at 430k may be over, overpriced with that many mouths to feed. Yeah, and all the points came when he had the opportunity, right? And he got minutes. He got 40 to 50 minutes in those games. So, yeah, no. Nah. Um, Saleh, go on, Matty. Do your best. <laughs> Mate, it's... It's St. George. Harm Sile went across. It was 420K. I had him in my first iteration of the team. Um, look, they've went and got Rafe now. Maybe maybe I'll look towards Rafe now, but I don't know. I just look at St. George and I see everything staying the same. I wonder if adding some blokes like Harm Sile and uh, Raylan Fatana Mariner could inject some life into the lowly dragon. 
Yeah, uh, for, yeah, fair enough. Look, he's never averaged more than 40 minutes in his career. So he's always been that bench guy, though, at Souths and stuff. Like, I, yeah, I'd love for him to become that guy. I just don't see it happening. Um, yeah, I mean, you've got Jack DeBellin, you've got Blake Laurie, you've got um, the Molo brothers off the bench at the Dragons as well. Like, they're all middle forwards. So my concern is that he's that guy that takes a sting out of the game at the start of the game and he plays his 20-25 and then he sits on the bench for 40 45 minutes there and just yeah. does nothing until the end of the game. So, um, yeah, probably for me, not a, not an option. But we've got a couple of cheapies here, uh, Josh, that are, you know, some very good options, those sub-300K guys, if you want to go through them. Yeah. Uh, first one being Sam Hughes. Now, Liam Knight, no, sorry, not Liam Knight. Uh, Ryan Sutton had surgery, uh, you know, a couple of couple of days ago. So he's going to be out for eight to ten weeks. Um, Chris Patolo is rated but his body can just never stay healthy. Um, for as much value as Liam Knight has, he is not exactly uh, made of granite. Um, he, he can be a little bit uh, injury prone at times. And we've already touched on Max King. For all his positives, he did have four major injuries last year that he had to play through. So Sam Hughes looks to be the guy that's going to nab a bench spot for the dogs. And I think there's going to be minutes there. You've got Jacob Preston, who's an 80-minute player. You've got Kikau, who probably plays 65. So you've got edges there that take up a decent amount of minutes. Um and yeah, Sam Hughes, he's been given the the, the world-famous Gus Gould uh, trainer of the preseason award, which uh, Presto got last year and it turned out well. So Sam Hughes, he's owned by, what was it, 20-something percent of teams? I'm just scrolling back up here quickly. 24% of teams, I feel like that's after Tuesday, round one, that'll be probably close to 50%, I would imagine. Um, and especially as more people open the game up and just filter by ownership, Sam Hughes will definitely be picking up. Uh, some ownerships there. Um, do you have anything else to add to that before I sort of talk about the next name? No. no back in Gus. Back in Gus. Uh, in Gus, we trust. Uh, and the next one is Liam Henry. Um, now, Liam Henry from the Penrith Panthers. Now, I think this is just a process of elimination. Jared Weir Hardgraves. Sorry, Jared Weir. Imagine if Penrith had him as well. Um, James Fisher-Harris play, only plays about 45 minutes a game. He's not a huge motor man. Uh, and Moses, Moses Leota is the exact same. Only plays about 40 minutes a game. Now, we've just had um, Spencer Lenu depart, and you would expect Lindsay Smith moves into that role. Now, Lindsay Smith actually played 40 minutes a game last season as well, so he had a time split with the starting props too. So basically, if you just look at it like a simple depth chart, Smith moves up, Lenu drops out, and there's someone else there to take up the mantelpiece, and you know you expect Liam Henry to be the next sort of man off the off the rank. Jamin Salmon has, uh, has moved on, so there's obviously more minutes there to be opening up for him as well. Hot Scott... And um, Liam Martin play about 65 minutes a game each as well. So they're not huge 80-minute guys. And there'll be some rotating there in and out. But uh, I definitely like Liam Henry to be starting. Not starting, sorry. To be getting you know, 25 minutes off the bench. And at bottom dollar, that's all we can ask for from a from a front row forward. If he's putting up 1.15, that'd be great. Yep. Yeah, there's your 10 points of value right there, straight up off the bat. And you don't need your front your front row forward four to be doing all the work. You know, you don't need a 50, no. 40, 30 points of upside from that guy. You need 10. And you, you start to make your moves to the next guy, don't you? Can we chat about Fletcher Baker? Because his ownership was sky high. I think it's also around 20-something um, percent. Fletcher Baker is sitting at... Oh, no, it's only 9.5%. But I still feel that's too high. Now, had a groin injury in late in the season or early preseason. Then he just came back from that, and we said we wanted to watch him play trial footy. The unfortunate thing is the Broncos fly out two days after their week two trial. I don't think we see Fletcher Baker play much minutes 
you're picking him blind. I'm, I'm not. I'm not feeling it. I, I was. I thought he'd be a slam dunk pick, but from all the talk, like they still really like Marty Tapao. They still really like Jen. Uh, is it not Jensen? Um, is it Jensen? Willison. Yeah, it's Jensen. No, yeah. Oh, yeah, Willison. Corey Jensen. There, yeah. And so yeah, Jensen. Yeah. Corey Jensen and and Willison as well. Like Chuck Xavier Willison in the mix. I'm getting the trap vibe. Not trap, but like I'm getting big disappointment vibes. You're sitting there going, oh, what have I got myself into? And I feel like that could be the case with with Baker. Even if he's named to start or even named at like 15, you're like, oh, what if he gets 35 minutes? And he just doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I mean, you're the you're the Broncos guy, Matty. Um, come across from the Roosters. I, is, is that the appeal? Is it that he's just come to a new club and we think there's automatically going to be opportunity there? I still think he fills the Flegler role. I think he's better than Marty Tapao. I think he's better than Xavier Willison, or at least more experienced than Xavier Willison, while the Broncos have premiership aspirations. Like, we'll continue to develop our young players, um, but I don't think this is Xavier Willison's year. Think about how long we've taken to get Brennan Piacura into a... Like, he's been a guy that people have added in their teams for, what, the last three years um, because he's been touted as such a great player. Willison will be that guy for a little while. I think there's value in Baker. I think Baker will take that role. But with how good Payne Haas is, um, like best case scenario, he's 400K in 15 weeks. Yeah, it's it's tough because you're looking at a grand final team. You know, they're, they're not going to make too many changes. They did well last year. So you're not going to see too many ins and outs. You're not going to see too much opportunity kind of just open out of nowhere. You're going to, yeah, you've you've moved on Flagler, but, you know, that's been filled pretty quickly and, and can be. So, yeah, I agree. I, I've i got Willison in my team minutes. at the moment. Yeah, yeah, probably. I've got Willison in my team just because he's cheaper at the moment, but I, I just, I'm just waiting for that kind of hit out of the park obvious option at front row forward at the moment. And I just don't know whether there's too many aside from, you know, Sam Hughes, Liam Henry could be a good shout. Um, there's yeah, your, there's your two cheap guys. If he, play, if he plays 40, then then he's got 10 points because he's priced at a 30, yeah. goes at about a 1.05 PPM. Like if he plays 40, then then amazing. It's just a big step up for him. Like he's, he's played 23, 26, 29. So he's had gradual increases year on year. And then to ask him to play 40 off the back of a groin injury in the preseason, I think... He will he will get to there. I'm just not keen to pick him up round one. Um just because it's I, be I slow burn. Yeah, I think there'll be a minutes restriction to start with. Just you know, slow preseason, probably won't play a huge amount of trials footy. And I, I mean I know that middle forwards don't need to to learn the, the plays or anything too too quickly, but um yeah, if you're not training at your hardest during the preseason, it will take maybe five or six weeks to get some match fitness up. And also, we've got to look at the amount of games he's played in the NRL each season, 16, 14, 13. You know, he's never had a full season in the NRL either. So there's going to be an adjustment there as well as the season goes on. So, um, yeah, probably probably not the uh, not the guy we're hoping him to be until potentially next also, year. Maybe we're talking about him next year. Also just turned 24 as well. Like it's not he, – he isn't a 27, 28-year-old that's, you know, fully matured into his body either. So he's he's just turned 24. Um, boys, any other front row forwards we want to mention before we wrap this one up? We've covered a ton. No, I was looking forward to Tanella Paseko, but you've cut him from the run sheet. So <laughs> unfortunately, the punters don't get to hear my thoughts. We're, um, shout out to Phil. Actually, Phil's got him in his team as well. I, I asked why, and he said that he was training the house down. So oh. keep an eye Is on that. Better, We're going to have to do a Tanella Paseka episode 
uh, as a feature. I yeah, think. an emergency a, pod. I had a 15-minute <laughs> Sean Kepi um, rundown written up, but you know it looks like we're pretty pressed for time, so I might have to uh, forget about that one. <laughs> yeah, now nah, we'll keep those for the um, second Manly preview because they're that good. We're, we'll uh, we'll talk about them again. But guys, that brings us to the end. We'll talk front row forwards. Hopefully we've given you an understanding or a bit of an insight maybe into the, the players you should be looking at to start the season. You know, uh, lots to consider. Do you go paint harsh? Do you go heavy? Do you look at the middies? Um, and then obviously we're going to see a few front row forwards pop up off the bench um, when Teamless Tuesday hits that are going to become very popular. But guys, that'll do. Don't forget to like and subscribe on YouTube if you're watching us here. Uh, follow and review if you're listening to us on audio. Join the Discord. Join the Unlimited League. Do all that shit. Uh, we would love that. And we're going to see you next time. We're going to be talking 2RFs. There is a shitload of 2RFs to be talking about. So stay tuned for that hours. one. Might be a bit longer <laughs> could, than an hour, yes. Could be a monster. So keep an eye out for that in the coming days, guys. Until then, enjoy. You've been listening to the Insight NRL show. We'll see you later. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 